It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week, and if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on all of the action. And if basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code THPN. PN for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. New customers only, restrictions apply, winnings paid out in four $25 free bets, See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. It's about to stand a little bit taller. I don't deserve your tears. Then you deserve the fears that I am at you with Fear, oh me, I bless your every last tear She's just a little girl, she knows nothing of this little kid Hey everybody, we're back, this is Bar Down Breakdown Mikey and Tom, your friendly neighborhood hockey and music enthusiasts here with a repeat guest, uh, hot off the heels of their record uh, coming out in just a mere couple of days. And this is uh, is released. We have our homie Bryce Job from the Spill Canvas, and we talk about a bunch of different cool things. We talk all about the new record Conduit. We talk about um, you know what he's been doing, being a dad changing diapers, black poop, a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, before we, we launch into our interview, we're going to do our, uh, our episodic scenes from the box where we take two minutes to talk about a cool topic. And today's topic uh, is going to be a little bit of a departure, although we can probably tie it into hockey somehow. And we're going to talk today about how – my dear friend on the other side of this podcast, Mr. Mikey CLT, received his COVID vaccine. 
That's right. So tell us a little bit about that, man. I, I heard it's I heard cold. I've got it. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So first off, extremely cold. Feels weird going in. Like <laughs> definitely kind of made my whole arm go numb at first. Right. But then no reaction, you know, was able actually like the longest part was waiting 15 minutes after you get the shot to see like if you have an allergic reaction. So they make you stay. Okay. That was the longest part. Like other than that, it was quick, seamless process. Like Charlotte's doing it up. And apparently North Carolina's doing it up as of, as of late getting a lot of shots in arms. But um, it, it's funny. I, I went decked out in my Islanders gear as I'm pretty much always wearing. And the EMT person that gave me my shot is a big Carolina Hurricanes fan. So we were talking about that. And then, you know, the Charlotte Checkers came up because he's he's a season ticket holder for the Checkers. I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of bums me out that they weren't able to have a season this year. And he's like, yeah, well, they decided not to have the season so that they could be um, a host spot for a vaccine clinic. And uh, I think that's kind of cool that they, that the team decided to not play in this like really short condensed season, but rather help people, you know, seamlessly get the shots. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I think that's, that's an awesome thing. It's, it's selfless, um, you know, for the organization, uh, you know, just showing that they're, uh, you know, their real concern, you know, it's less about getting back on the ice and more about making sure that people can be safe and, uh, you know, getting back out on the ice when it's, when it's safe to do so. So I think, um, I think that's a great thing. Um, I know I'm not eligible for it yet, but at some point, you know, when I am, I definitely do want to get it just because I think it's important for, uh, you know, friends and family who are at risk just to make sure that you're safe, they're safe. So definitely cool. Um, and hopefully you don't, you know, like turn into like a, a tomato, like a tomato or something <laughs> weird, you know, like I, if, and if you do, you know, I, you know, we'll, we'll be Tom and the tomato bar down, break down, catch up enthusiasts. So we'll make it work no matter what. Um, but yeah, super cool. You know, uh, being an educator, uh, you know, having that vaccine is really super important. So glad to hear that you got it. That's the end of our scenes from the box. Um, as we are speaking and living, we have uh, such a tremendous interview with Bryce from the Spill Canvas. Um, really excited for you guys to hear it. Really excited for you guys to uh, hear Conduit. Uh, all of the tracks that we've heard from the record so far are just unbelievable. Um, track with Sherry from Isley is just super beautiful. Um, two other singles are just great they're groovy they're everything you expect from the Dude, I, canvas i, I stayed on the episode uh, in the interview but firestorm top five spill canvas songs like the drum work and everything about that song having the choir in it it's so good yeah no it really is it really is and uh the awesome thing is just you know even though bryce you know wasn't uh with the spill canvas since the spill canvas's inception uh, he's been an integral part of the band and uh, has you know done a lot to cultivate you know the Spill Canvas's unique sound and uh, all their cool grooves, all the percussion stuff. So really cool um, to uh, to hear all about it. And we uh, 
We also talk a little bit of Oilers hockey, which uh, I find out halfway through the episode, the price <laughs> is an Oilers fan because I didn't know uh, what team he liked, but he uh, likes the Oilers. So you're going to find that out just as I found it out. So without further ado, episode 105, Bryce Yob, as I like to say, Bryce Joe from the Spill Canvas. Enjoy. As I sit here in my chair, doing the things that I do, I come to tell you that this is episode 105, Bar Down Breakdown, and we have returning fan favorite of the podcast, Mr. Bryce from The Spill Canvas. How freaking cool is that? And before we go any further, I just, let's just plug it, Conduit. It's coming out um, in like a couple of weeks. I pre-ordered it. Uh, It's one of the records that as soon as it was coming out, I was like, got to pre-order it. Got it on one of those cool colorways. Everyone's going to be really, really jealous of me. But, um, you know, that's that's their problem and not not mine. So, uh, Bryce, welcome. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, Yeah. of course. You, You are now elite status. You are in, like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I think we've only had two or three repeat guests and you are now in that elite status and like tom hinted at and tom's been working like crazy so he's like losing track of days and he's saying it's a couple of weeks but like when this episode drops it is release week so get your facts straight tom album's out <laughs> march 5th on freaking pure noise records oh wow march 5th yeah i'm i'm uh Definitely getting my my dates racked around. I've got like, I've got all these records. Like I try to keep a little list of records that are coming out that like I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in. And like, I usually have it in like a notepad on my computer. Um, and I probably should have just pulled up that notepad to get the the date right. But, you know, I shot, I shot for the stars and I reached the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. 
so so Bryce, other than like having probably like the perfect voice for radio, which I'm I'm just like taking that in now. Like what's been what's been going on? Uh 2021, you know, is looks like it's a banner year. You're uh, you guys are putting out a new record. Um, you know, I know a lot of fun things are are, are on the table. So uh but I do understand that you know this record has been uh kind of a long time coming. So um Let's get some insight from you, man. What was, uh, you know, how long was, like, was Conduit kind of brainstormed? Like, you know, what was the genesis of the record? And, you know, how long did it take to actually write and record it? You know, was it one of those that was just took so long and you kept kind of just improving it, improving it, needling it, needling it? Or did it just sit on a shelf for a while? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Conduit has been around well we started working on it probably about two years ago right around this time okay um and we all since we all live all over the country we basically had to fly into a studio and spend a couple of weeks just like writing and pre-proing just like a lot of ideas that nick would randomly have like demoed on his laptop or if i had demos or any of the guys have demos just something that we can kind of start with and then we just try to grind out those ideas and once we get like an idea kind of pre-proed, I would track drums at night and then we would kind of just build the record from there. And then once we were out of the studio, obviously, uh, some things we did just remotely, uh, from our houses and things like that. Uh, the song, uh, molecules, the last single that we put out was a song that was kind of an afterthought and was done totally remote. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's been a long time coming. We we sat on it for a while, kind of kind of searching for labels or trying to decide if we were going to do it independently. And then COVID happened, and then it kind of put everything on the back burner. But at the same time, it kind of put pure noise on the table with the right. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. it was everything just kind of came at the right time, the right offer, at the right moment, and now it's finally happening. So awesome. Yeah. And we couldn't be more stoked on it. It's, uh, you know, and picking, picking pure noise, it seems to be the, uh, the smart decision. Um, you know, a lot of Mikey and I, a, a lot of our favorite bands and a lot of our <clears throat> favorite bands that we've discovered and bands that we've liked over time have seemed to have picked pure noise as their home. And it just seems that, you know, Jake and, uh, the team there is super, are super great, uh, super supportive. Have you, um, the process and it's a little bit different for you obviously because you are in a position where you know you're putting out a record in still a global pandemic so you know it's a little bit different than what everyone's used to but uh you know how has it been in terms of uh you know getting um getting press out and all that kind of stuff you know normally you'd be touring you know telling thousands of people hey we got a new record coming out but obviously that's not happening right now so um, you know, how have you guys partnered with Pure Noise to, you know, still, you know, be in the conversation of, of what's what's coming? Sure. Yeah. So obviously going with Pure Noise, we wanted to we obviously have an organic fan base because we've been around for, you know, 15 plus years now. But it was trying to reach a little bit more younger of a fan base. And that's where some of the, you know, Pure Noise has that reach. And they also work with the public relations company called Big Picture Media. And they, okay. so, I mean, every single single release has had, you know, just a lot of different 
press media outlets do different coverage of it. And that that's just huge. That stuff that you can't do on your own, or, I mean, it's really just a grind to do on your own. So having a whole team behind you to push that definitely just helps you reach those people that wouldn't have been reached just from your organic kind of following. So. Absolutely. So, uh, just, you know, another quick question to throw out at you, you know, so the band has a tremendously long lineage, um, other than hive mind, you know, and, uh, you know, the couple of little things you've done, it's been what, nine years since, um, Gestalt came out. And then it's like, that's a long time for, (laughs) for, for bands. And, And I mean, like, I, it's funny to like to say it that way, but you know, in this era, it's almost like you see bands coming out with new records every two to three years. So, you know, a nine year, nine year gap between full length to full length is, is pretty, pretty severe in time. But I think the other thing that that does to some bands and musicians is so much changes in music over time. It's like, it's kind of like technology, right? It's like, you know, I, uh, it's like iPhones, right? It's like, you know, every year a new freaking iPhone comes out and, you know, they're a little different each year, but, you know, if you look at like the iPhone five and the iPhone 12, it's like, Oh my God, these are such crazy different devices. So that in mind, you know, listening to the singles uh, and they're awesome. It's, it's still got that same spill canvas kind of ethos about it. Um, you know, where they're these really good, you know, songs with these great pop hooks, but they've also got these like super cool, you know, like kind of indie emo sort of verses. It's it's hard to put my finger on them because it's really, for me, the spill canvases, it's like spill canvassy. It's like, you know, I've kind of <laughs> turned it into like, you know, just put a Y at the end of it and people are like, oh yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. So um, bridging that gap, did you ever have any concern that like, you know, the spill canvas in 2021 wouldn't be able to kind of, you know, pick up where the spill canvas in 2012 left off. Was that ever anything you were worried about or not really? I don't know if we were ever like, like worried or like sort of trying to live up to any hype. It's just, it had been so long. We had gone through so much with member changes and, and Nick's whole addiction and things like that and doing mm-hmm. the solo album and, touring as a solo band and the reach just didn't hit and then coming back and doing anniversary tours and being like, Oh shit, people actually do care. Yeah. So like doing this whole album, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been really wild. I don't think we will ever like stray away from the core of spill canvases sound. And that's just mm-hmm. because, because Nick, I mean, yeah. he has a very unique voice, the way yeah. he writes his, his lyrical choices, his, uh, just his vocabulary is very, very specific to us. And, um, he acts like he's not a very good guitar player, but when it comes down to it, he's, he's definitely a ripper and kind of almost duels as like a lead and rhythm player. So a lot of that, like, like cool, like riffy, I don't know, like a lot of the really cool, like guitar driven stuff is him and surprisingly Landon, our bass player. They do a lot of really like a lot of the guitar writing and stuff like that. And, on this new one, we had Evan, which was definitely a help. He he came up with a lot of cool stuff, but I think a lot of people would be surprised how much lead stuff Landon, our bass player, actually plays. So wow, uh, that's all. I don't know. You got like new guys mixed in that obviously add you know a little bit of like fresh energy to it. 
but obviously like you said music's evolved over time so we're trying to stay current but still stay true to like what we are at the core of the band and that's emo kids forever right (laughs) (laughs) right yeah man I, i love that so um so real quick drummer to drummer um looking back at the at all of the the music the spill canvas has put out um you know i look at one fell swoop as like um kind of a like a very a very rhythmic record like it's a, i think it's like a drummer's record like when you listen to a lot of the songs on that record just the grooves that are going on in there are just like they're they're not overly flashy but they're like they're they're tight they're they're great so um of the you know the back catalog that the spill canvas has, um, are there any songs in there that like when you sit down in the kit, you're like, oh man, I'm so pumped that I get to play this because like I love this groove or I love how this goes. Or and and this one, you could be honest, is there anything that like you've sat down, you've been like, why did this guy like play this? Like why, like, like why like why did he do this? And like is is I and I know like with with Nick, you know, being like a you know very much the you know driving force of the band um like do you have that uh flexibility when you play like throwing in like a different fill and like everyone turns um looks at you and is like all right yeah, that's, that's pretty dope yeah yeah i mean i don't think i have any like negative things to say about anything joe did like joe's an incredible drummer uh he definitely had some very like big shoes to fill um but i don't think i i feel restricted in any way like the guys kind of love my my style and they don't care really what i do they just they just want me to go as ham as possible <laughs> yeah, there you go um uh i would say some of my favorite like little grooves or like kind of cool things probably like teleport a and b's got like some really kind of cool like yeah, ghost really. notey stuff yeah all of gestalt is like just a really good drum record, but I think you're going to be really happy when you hear the rest of Conduit because there are some really awesome drum four drummer songs on there. Love like, it. Very like drum drum driven, and I yeah yeah I, I spent a lot of like basically um, the B the B room where I would like pre pro drums was also the same room that I would like fold my cot out and sleep sleep in at night. Oh wow! Okay, so it's like I would wake up, roll over. There's my drum set, so I'd just like get up and practice, or like try to write parts. And I don't know. I spent a lot of just time playing drums during the day before our engineer would get there and and record for the day. So put a lot of a lot of heart and soul on this album for sure, as far as drum parts go. Absolutely, and I mean listening to you know both Firestorm and Dark Side. I mean like cool like cool stuff going on in there, which is, um, which is awesome. And, and molecules is a great track, obviously, you know, a little bit less rhythmically there. Uh, but you know, the, the beauty in that track and I mean, any, anything that, you know, Sherry's on or really any of the Dupree's, I mean, like, it's just kind of, their, their voices are so unique and beautiful, but, uh, um, you know, as I look at the track listing, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it on my, um, on my, and I have a pre-saved on, uh, Apple music. I uh, I see this this track with uh, Nathan Hussey, which I'm kind of pumped about because I'm a huge All Get Out fan. Um, so really kind of interested to hear uh, his feature on that and how that song is just because um, it, he's just one of those guys who, again, super unique, super, you know, super uh, noticeable voice. Um, always love features. And you guys have always had, you know, the Silicon has always had cool features. 
um, you know, back catalog and front catalog and stuff. So um, anything on this record that, you know, we as listeners should be kind of listening for, for things that are a little bit different than what, you know, you think the spill canvas would normally kind of, kind of give us. Sure. sure. Um, glad I brought up cost. Cause that's probably one of my favorite grooves in the verse. Like I do a lot of crazy ghost note stuff. Talk about a hard drum part. Um, <laughs> since adding our like fifth guy, Jeff, he plays uh keyboards and lap steel. And okay, also like awesome. his, his main gig is being like, he writes scores and stuff for movies out in LA. Okay. So, um, he wasn't in the studio with us, but he basically came in and added all kinds of like layers and like slide and lap steel mm-hmm. and like just a bunch of like ambient stuff that I don't think we ever really would have experimented before. Maybe a little bit on no really I'm fine since the budget was so big, but yeah, we also have, um, killer strings player. Uh, you guys heard the, the choir and firestorm. So yeah. just, just trying to bring like some different like sonic elements that you guys might not be totally used to hearing in your standard like rock album uh, especially a, a song called gallon that is definitely kind of out there in left field as far as music goes is like if you put us like stylistically but sure i feel like every song on the album is different enough that it's going to reach enough people i think that Hopefully people really like it. I feel like there's something on here for everyone, for every kind of listener and every like kind of age group that I hope people love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have to admit, like I, I've been a spill canvas fan since pretty much day one. And the single firestorm is like top five already like favorite spill canvas songs. So like, wow. Is there going to be another track on conduit? that could top firestorm because like i'm already like wow this is such a a solid track like i love it am i expecting something even better Ooh, i think there's a lot of sleepers on there i don't know i love them all so much it's hard for me but i think you'll be like impressed like overall with the whole album once you hear it like front to back i think there'll definitely be some songs you're like all right i need to go back and listen to that one i'm hoping anyways and is there firestorm be like Sorry. a traditional like Nick storytelling song. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Um I don't know if there's really like a really long kind of drawn out story song really. I'd say Gallon and Molecules are probably like your kind of like story like love song. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'd say like compared to I don't know. This this album has a lot of more angst. I feel a little bit more like kind of grit. I, I would say it's a little sticky at times. <laughs> Ooh, all right. I dig that. Yeah. I think you guys are really going to like cost. Uh, Akathesia is another like sleeper. I really like molecules. I've really been digging that one. It's been growing on me a lot. Uh, Blueprints. That's another one. Uh, Nick wrote about his mom who just recently passed. And that one's a crazy drum song, but. The meaning behind it's so crazy. Just the sonic elements that are in it. I think you guys are really going to like it for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, just talking about crazy drums, I mean, you know, we didn't, you know, I don't know if we t- touched on on the Tide 2.0 uh, when we last talked, but if we did, I wasn't around to talk <laughs> about it. So I'm going to talk about it. 
Um, like, so the, you, you see it a lot, right? So you see a lot of bands that have old music that they, they tend to resurrect um, for, for all different kinds of reasons. Right. So, um, and personally, usually for me, that's like, I'm like, Oh, here, here's a band cashing in on nostalgia. Like whoop do you freaking do? Uh, and then I, I, I heard the tide 2.0 and like, I kind of ended up eating like as much crow as I could possibly eat because oftentimes rewriting the original is, is a little tough. Uh, but the things you did with that song, man, just rhythmically, sonically, um, in groove and, and just in overall the way the, the production came out of it. I mean, it's like you fell in love with that song again. So of all of the songs that you guys have, you know, that you could have re, re you know, kind of reintroduced, why choose the tide and what went into uh, the overall kind of revamping of that song for you guys? Sure. Sure. So um, they had before my time, they had, done a live version that was kind of roughly based on like a rough version of what it is now. Okay. Um, so we had been playing it live for a long time and our now manager then at the time was tour managing motion city soundtrack. And we had a couple days off and he's like, come do this live video at my studio. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we went and and did it and we released that video on YouTube, um, of us doing, you know, the live band version of the tide and then, I don't know, it was probably two years after that, he mentioned if we would want to get, have him like kind of remix the stems of what we tracked and then just put it out for shits and giggles. Like, cool. who, care, who cares if it makes any money? You know, we basically, it's just been our live version that we played for so long. And so we wanted to basically make a hard copy of it for, awesome. ourse for ourselves more than anything. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I love it. And you know, like I said, it's um, a lot of, you know, it, it happens a lot. Uh, and sometimes it's just kind of like a tired rehashing, but this particular iteration of it is really, really cool. Um, do, do you guys have any plans at all to, to do anything like that in the future? Is it like on the table or is this one just kind of like a, like you said, like a shits and giggles thing really just for, for you guys? Sure. Sure. Yeah. We've, so we did a bottle of red tour, which was like, we stripped everything down. We had our, uh, violin player and a keyboard player and stuff. And so we've talked about doing maybe like a, a kind of a stripped down album of some favorites. And we've also talked about potentially re-recording some of the sunset songs. Cause cool. those were all like, basically just like really rough demos with yeah. no click track <laughs> mm -hmm. yep, yeah. and a lot of like mistakes. And so, uh, being able to do that with the way, I don't know what the, the band, the way that it is kind of reworking some of the parts that drive Nick crazy. And with the production <laughs> that we have now, I think it could be cool just to do maybe like an EP off of it or something. But like, again, more, more than just more for ourselves than than for profit. That's, I don't know. It's never really been, what we're about, even though at the end of the day, it is our jobs, but of course yeah, we're putting out music because we want to put out music. <laughs> Amen. So I, I do want to talk about, um, you know, when you were shopping this record and, you know, at, at this point you, you guys were sitting on it for like two years, I'm sure you, it was like your baby at that point. So when you brought it to pure noise, were they trying to 
have you guys go in and re-record anything or were they totally like we love it as is like let's let's go yeah so the initial conversation with pure noise um they were excited but they maybe didn't come off like as excited as we kind of hoped so we were like okay let's just maybe see if something else comes on the table and then the whole pandemic hit and then like all the industry just kind of shut down for a while mm-hmm. and so then after a couple months we just kind of revisited with jake and he revised an offer that was honestly a little bit better for both parties in the long run and uh i don't know it's just been it's been pretty good since then i, I, I don't know we they didn't really tell us to um change anything the album had already been done for about a year i mean we were doing like some final little like tweaks and little mix notes and things like that but for the most part it was it was done um i think that has some appeal to them too because it's like a finished product that they didn't have to like put any money for recording a budget or anything like that we could put that money into like advertising and music videos and stuff like that so from their perspective i think it was a little bit i don't know had a little bit more skin in the game to be able to just put it out pretty fast instead of having to wait potentially a year, another two years to put the album out. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a, a win-win. And, and these days, like having that extra budget for like social media promotion and stuff, that that's a way to get an album to just blow the hell up. And, you know, it must be nice to see also how Pure Noise has like, created like a second career for some of these veteran bands like they've got a new life when they go back you know and sign with pure noise so that that's got to be nice to see that you know bands on the label are are you know doing exactly what you guys are doing you know vets yeah absolutely so it's like you know you can kind of come into that level where you're like the nostalgia band and you can you kind of like hit that ceiling and it's like yes it's it's sortable it's sort of a livable income you kind of just like maintain, but if you really want to like make a living in the industry, you got to kind of step up to that next, like 500, a thousand venue, like capacity venues kind of, and like the house of blues kind of circuit that really kind of at the end of the day, the guarantees will be enough to put money in your pocket, but who knows how touring is going to be when it comes back, if it comes back, (laughs) and especially for us being all spread out across the place like if we were maybe all in one location we could maybe do like some regional things if you know certain states and city regulations allowed that but i have no idea (laughs) i'm not getting my hopes up unfortunately yeah so i i know you guys did the the one live stream so do you do you have another one planned for for the new release and I'm sure. I'm sure. So are you guys all going to have to fly to like Florida to do it? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, our last live stream, we all flew to Florida. Uh, this time we do have one in the works. I, I don't think I can release the details, but it's coming up pretty soon. I'm sure it'll, it'll announce within the next couple of months. Um, so we're going to fly to Pennsylvania, the studio that we actually recorded the album at, and we're going to do the live stream there. Um, and then we will be in the studio again this fall to work on another album. So, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Kind of some, a little bit of spoiler there, but we will be going to the studio to work on another album. So 
That's for I got to keep grinding. If we can't tour, we're like, might as well go do another album. So, yeah, and it seems like that's kind of the the trend that we're we're starting to notice, and I'm all for it because great music came out in 2020. Great music's coming out in 2021. So, I'm all for it. I wonder what um, wonder what Rivers Cuomo is up to because like he notoriously like when there wasn't a global pandemic he would like go into the studio and like we know like Weezer records come out like now at this point every like year and a half (laughs) but he like notoriously goes into the studio with like 70 songs for a record cycle and like will demo all 70 of them and only like 12 of them like make it onto a record (laughs) so like I can't imagine what that poor guy's doing. He's probably just like holed up in a studio somewhere, like writing his 850th song. <laughs> it's just like being like, Oh, I, I've got enough records to release uh, until, my, until 2100. My most, yeah. Our most popular song was a cover. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like that's, that's just rough, man. But uh, I, you know, that is one thing that is that you can take solace in during this pandemic is that, um, you know, there's time. A lot of people have time, you know, and but, you know, at the same time, it kind of makes you sad for all the musicians you love because, you know, people that made that jump, right, that were like, you know, in 2019, especially that were like, should I keep my full time job or should I just go for my dream? And then, you know, December 2019, they're like, screw it, man, I'm going to go for my dream. And then March of 2020 hits and all of a sudden you quit your job at wherever the hell you worked. And now your, your touring plans are all smushed, like completely destroyed. So it sucks, you know, in that respect. And I, and I feel for a lot of musicians, uh, venue owners and all of those that are affected by this, but as a music lover, it's great to know that like, you know, like you guys are going into the studio to write another record. And it's like, how many other artists are doing that? Um, but you just got to hope that the art, you know, the artists are being able to at least see some money off of this because us, you know, us sitting at home in this pandemic, like a lot, you know, I'm lucky enough. I've got a job. I still buy records, you know, so like you're going to get money from me. But like a lot of people are also struggling that, you know, maybe have to pull back on some of the, um, on some of the things that they don't consider essential in their lives. And I think some musicians take a hit on that. So that kind of sucks. That part of it sucks. But, uh, um, you know, in this pandemic era, from what you've seen, whether it's with the spill canvas or, or in the circles that you, you run in, like, have you seen some of that clash with some musicians being like, you know, how long can I really, you know, hold out hope for this before? Like I got to, go to my local Publix or food lion and, you know, start cutting deli meats. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very real thing. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where I work when I'm not on the road and they're just kind of cool with me touring. So I'm one of, I'm the only member in the band that like has a full-time gig when I'm home. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Evan, like bless his soul, man. I don't know how he does it. Uh, just totally off his solo project and the band and, and, and Nick and Nick and Landon are like owners on the LLC. So they're like, they're good. They can live off like the band income. Like that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and Nick does a lot of like those downright things and 
and he's been yeah. trucking away on those. So mm-hmm. we all, we all find ways to, to do what you got to do. But yeah, I mean, you talk about like some of the bands that, uh, did like support for us on some of these like recent tours, like selfish things and stuff like that. Some of those bands that, you know, yeah. like they, they quit like everything and like sold everything. Yeah. For, like a van and a trailer and, yeah, and, and to come and, and do this full time. And then for this to come and happen, it's just, it's just crazy. I don't know. It's like, how can you even really put into words or like, just, I don't know. It's, it's just very weird. It's, it's a very bleak kind of, uh, kind of it, outlook right now. It is. It's, it is a bleak outlook and, and, you know, and those tough, like they're tough conversations to have, but, having them with musicians is always a little bit enlightening just because, you know, it's the reality of, of what you guys are going through. And sometimes people who listen to this podcast might not really fully understand that, you know, cause you know, uh, to some people, music is just, it's just like background noise. Right. And, and I mean, for those people, I, I've always felt some, like some sorrow for that because it's like, you know, to me, this stuff is like, it's like life to me, man. Like as a listener, like, you know, I've been, I've been a creator in, in smaller bands, but you know, as a listener, like, you know, every December when, when like all of the, the releases go away because no one ever releases music like during Christmas time, mm-hmm. it's always like a big bummer to me because I'm like, well, nothing's coming out, man. Like I don't have, you know, I don't have anything to look forward to on Friday. It's like Friday is like my day. I wake up Friday mornings and I'm like, shit, what came out? Like, what, what can I go listen to? Right. So, but that starts to dwindle in a time like this where, you know, like we talked about, yeah, you might have a lot of time to, to create, but to create at a level like you guys are creating, you have to have capital to do that because, you know, I I have like a, you know, like an MPK mini, you know, MIDI keyboard. So like, I guess I could write some shit with that. It was a hundred bucks, but it's like, how are you guys going to write the kind of music that you want to write in, in a setting like that? So I, I think people don't understand that you need like cash flow coming in to yeah. be able to create the way you want to create. Yeah. And it's like, we, uh, to help pay for the album, we would like release like merchandise and things like that. And we're like, yeah. thankful enough that the company we work with, like fronts you the merchandise, you know, cause it's like, we didn't have any, like we, we were paying for the album out of our pockets, living in the studio. Like all yeah. of our food was out of our own pockets, you yeah. know? And then it's like, we would put like merch up to like start to like pay for like the studio expenses and pay off our like merch company at the same time. And then, you know, to like hope to, to break even a little bit. And we did, we did break even on the album. And then that's another nice thing with like pure noise. It's like, we don't really go into them into the deal with them having yeah. a ton of a ton of debt we've already like broken even you know we're actually already in the green with them which is really nice yeah, so that's excellent but it's just tough because it's like not having grassroots fans how do you get people to buy merch to pay for studio time it's i don't know man i don't have the answers for those people <laughs> unfortunately like i wish i wish i yeah. could like just like my big thing was like, you just need to get out and network and play shows and, and grind it out. And like, yeah. that doesn't exist. You're not supposed to be around people. Yeah. 
So it's like the, the best thing you can do is like do things like this. I mean, it's like, uh, do as many like live streams as you can put out as much content and music and video and photo, like whatever you can do, because that's, we're going to have to change the landscape of the industry to be able to, to fit with the times and to be able to make it profitable. So like we started, we started the Patreon and it's just like, we do a podcast and we do like random, like playthroughs of songs. And Nick does like breakdowns of lyrics and stuff like that. Just, you know, that's like steady, like monthly income, just anything to, you know, you got to do something. You can't just stay stagnant. You know, you can't, you absolutely can't. So, Here's probably the the question of the of the evening, and then I'll I'll talk toss it to Mikey, and we can finally talk some some puck here. But um, so uh, the the real question I have is, um, what kind of relationship does the Spill Canvas have with One Eleven Records, vis a vis? Do you guys want to make a quick twenty thousand dollars? And the answer is yes. And the way you, that you do that is you release one fell swoop on vinyl and they 2000 copies sell out in probably six hours. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so we have reached out to, I think his name is Brad Fruschetti. He's in the, that band, what, what are they called? LFO or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. You laugh, dude, um, but girl on a TV is a, a banger. Yeah, dude, yeah. So uh so we do have a relationship with him. It's I mean, we've been talking to him and trying to get it worked out. It's been like 2 years and we're still like grinding at it trying to make that happen. We uh are in the process of doing sunsets on vinyl. So that yeah. I think will be Oh yeah, you're doing that with uh, with Ross, right? With Ross. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. So Very cool. Ross so enjoy the ride records, Ross. I believe so. Yeah, I believe isn't it? So. Yeah, I believe I so. so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's spoiling anything because I think he posted some sort of a teaser somewhere, and like two and two p- were put together in my head, and I just realized, oh yeah, shit, Sunsets is coming out. So that's, I mean, I guarantee you that one will, will fly off the shelves. But I mean, like, so there's so much in 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 the way of of nostalgia. I mean, like so much so that like. You know, me and Mikey started this little stupid segment called Only 2001 and 2005, where we talk about records that only came out between 2001 and 2005, which One Fell Swoop came out in 2005. So I'm just saying, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, and, and the crazy thing about it is like, so as getting back into vinyl collecting, like I, uh, I like pine for these old records, like, um, Take this, uh, take this to Heart Records. Just did a, a repress of Boys Night Out's Trainwreck, and the and it literally, I think they did a thousand copies of it, sold out in twenty minutes, right? Um, I don't know if you remember this band called Daphne Daphne Loves Derby. They're like mm-hmm. an old. Yeah, you, you remember that, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so that um, uh, I think it's um, the uh, strength of all things convinced. I believe is getting a vinyl, well, like a first vinyl press. That's probably going to go in like an hour. So. If, if you can imagine, you know, Daphne going that quick, imagine how quick One Fell Swoop would go. Like, I mean, like staggering, like kind of deal where like, you know, that like 200 flippers are going to buy it and just throw it up on eBay for $300. And I'm going to want to kick all of them in the throats for right. it. But, <laughs> but I, I think that, that, um, 
that's such a cool thing because it's a tangible piece of of something that all of these you know like people our age like mikey and i i's age where like you know we were 16 and 17 and 18 when all this great music came out and now we're in our mid-30s and we've got homes and apartments and record players and you know kids and wives and all this crazy shit but like above all like that little you know 12 by 12 record in my hands is like super important to me like i don't know how else to say it it's just like something about it is just like i have it in my hands it's mine i own a piece of like 2005 so there's i, I don't know man i just think there's a, a huge huge place for that and i also think that you should just do it and ask questions <laughs> later and that's it yeah so yeah i wish i wish. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's funny because like, like the only vinyl that was ever put out was that scraps, and that's like a super sought after, rare, hard to find. And I, before I was even in the band, I went to Ernie November, which is a local mom and pop record store, and I got it for thirty dollars. That's about where <laughs> where that's my scrap story. So I uh, I'm collecting records now again. I started uh, last summer. But between 2012 and 2016, I was like an avid record collector. And before I ended up selling off my collection, I think I had something like absurd, man, like 900 like LPs. Like, I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad. Um, but it was also at a time where like record collecting wasn't as diverse as it is now. And also um, stuff that was pressed that had never been repressed was still a little bit easier to get. So yeah. I got my copy of Scraps off of Discogs uh, for like, I think maybe 20 bucks, right? It sat on a shelf for like two years. Um, and I ended up when I sold it, I think I only sold it maybe for like 30 bucks. And then I went onto Discogs like the other day to do a little bit of research. And I think like, I don't think there's any copies up now, but the last copy sold for $125. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think yeah, saw the last one sold for that. Some someone apparently ordered it to the store and then just never came and picked it up. Oh man! And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, the spill canvas. Like they're from here. I'll just I'll just buy this. There you and go. I, oh, so weird. But yeah, actually, someone on Discogs messaged me like, hey, I saw you have like a copy of Scraps. Like, was wondering if I could like buy it off you. And I'm like, I was like, unfortunately, like this is like the only vinyl that the band's pressed, and like it's. It's my own. It's the only copy. Like me and Nick are the only ones in the band who have it. And they didn't even know I was like in the band or anything. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like I just realized who you are. Like I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. Like you should have made it way more awkward. You should have been like, "Yeah, I need it so I can learn how to play all these songs, man." Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know how to play these songs. What are you? You're gonna take that away from me? Where yeah. you're gonna become the drummer now? I only Dude. listen to them on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to do it. I, all the sides. I, I play through it on vinyl, and that's how I do it. <laughs> One to a hundred. I love it. So um I appreciate you indulging me with all of this spill canvas talk, like I said, because the last time you were on, I wasn't able to be on with you, so I didn't get to hear all these cool stories. So um I really appreciate it. Uh I, I love this kind of stuff. But uh this is not just a music podcast. This is a, a music a daddy, hockey podcast. A daddy podcast. So let's just talk yeah. being new dads. Yeah, talk about being dads. Yeah, man. And then we'll so, mix in hockey. So yeah, I mean, I guess like one kind of 
silver lining in this whole pandemic is I had a, I had a ton of time off from the road and will have a ton of time off from the road to raise my daughter. Who's 10 months now. Oh yeah, man. It's That's crazy. Just so dude. awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. She took, she's like almost walking. She takes like a handful of steps now. It's, it's crazy. I was looking at old pictures of her today, like almost crying because I'm like, how are you, my baby? This <laughs> giant, this giant child now is my baby. It was once my baby. So. Yeah, it's but crazy. it's been great. Because that like that last tour you guys did, you know, your wife was still pregnant at that point. And mm-hmm. then like. How much has the world and your life changed in, in that like ye- like less than a year? It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, like now that I have her, I don't know how I ever like lived my life without having a kid. It's really weird. But like she definitely like changed my life for the better, that little shit. She's awesome. <laughs> She's so funny, so happy, so smiley, like makes my day worth living for sure. Especially during like these uncertain times. It's really nice just coming home to family and I don't know. I love them. They're yeah, awesome. And, and talk about baby farts, man. I had no oh, idea dude. how loud they were. Oh, dude, they're brutal. That's why. Yeah. So my daughter, her nickname is Tootie, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I call her Tootie like more than I call her Ollie. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. Brutal it's farts, man. Brutal, man. I, I, obviously you, you know that they're constantly like pooping their pants, but you don't realize that they are as loud as a grown ass man. Like, oh yeah, rips. And it's just, it's so funny because she, she now smiles when she rips. Like, so like we do like the whole like bicycle to try to get some of the gas. So you're like bicycling her legs and then she just rips and then smiles (laughs) like, and it just brings me to tears, man. It's so funny. I mean, that's like, Oh, that first poop you had to change. Oh, that like black, (laughs) crazy, whatever it was called. It's It's got like a special name. Dude. It looks like someone just like spit a whole bag of Redmond into a diaper. Yeah, like the long Oof. cut, the long cut chew, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's brutal. It honestly, like the first couple of weeks, that like weird yeah. smelling black poop that they're pooping out from like That's I guess experience. Yeah, I I, I will not forget that. What was all. like uh What was like the COVID procedure? Uh, did you have to wear like a mask anytime someone was in the room? Yes, I did. I was did, lucky did, though because she had to wear one when she gave birth. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like in like full hazmat, like get up basically. Oh yeah. 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 It's like anytime a nurse was in the room, you had to have a mask on, stuff like that. It was like it was basically during the peak of the pandemic. Here's when we were in the hospital, and like the midwives and stuff. Like some of them weren't even didn't even know that they had just put into force like the the mask mandate they're like oh they're gonna make you wear a mask when you give birth and they're like yeah that's what they told us <laughs> it, was, it was very odd time very odd time i was the only one that was allowed Same. to be in there and that kind of thing like which which honestly was kind of a blessing just being able to sleep because I was, I was trying to think of it like just imagine all the people coming in and stuff like trying to see you i just oh man i was exhausted as it was so being yeah. able to sleep and whoever whoever like manufactured those recliner chairs that the dads are supposed to chill in and sleep in i want to find them and like light poop on their lawn because they are the most (laughs) uncomfortable chairs ever 
It's it's and and they're made for like giants. And I'm I'm yeah. five foot five on a good day. So I'm sitting in the chair, my feet aren't even hitting the ground, and I'm feeling like a little toddler, and I'm holding a baby. It's just a weird, weird seat. Uh, I think my neck was like permanently like stuck like this for a week after sleeping in those bed that yeah. like chair thing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but we we can't let our wives hear this because they'd be like, "What are you bitching about right now?" Like, yeah, you have no. no right. <laughs> After the after you got the epidural, everything was smooth sailing, honey. <laughs> like, I didn't even get I didn't get any good drugs. You got all the fun stuff. Yeah, seriously. See? My wife was actually like turning them down. She's like totally PC about things. So she was like, "Yeah, I guess I'm not in so much pain. I'll, I'll be okay." I would if I was in her situation, I'd be like, "Yep, higher that dosage. My pain level's <laughs> yeah. a ten. Let's go." <laughs> Another oxy. I'll take another oxy. <laughs> I just like to meet, you know, it's, it's weird, right? Because I, like, I mean, like I've known, I've known Caitlin for as long as like you've known Caitlin. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, it's just weird to think that like Caitlin, like gave birth to like a, like, like a child. It's, it's, it's weird it's like to say nature, it, bro. That kind of stuff I mean, like, happens. I, I get it. Like, I get that you, like, like I get that, like, you did whatever dirty, disgusting thing you did. Like, I don't care about that. But it's just, like, I don't know. There's something about it. It's, like, as I grow older, like, the my, my like, clear lucid expectation is that everyone is going to get married and have kids. But, like, still, it's just, like, you know, I've, like, I've known her for so long that, like, I just... I can't imagine her in that position. Just like, I can imagine her being that way because that's how I know Caitlin just being like, well, no, like, I guess I really don't need like, like another drip because like, it's not really that bad when in reality, like it was probably like excruciating, but like, that's just like Caitlin's nature is just like sort of, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Downplay it kind of deal. But like, I'm sure in her mind, she was like, just like she probably just wanted to rip your face off, just right off of your face, face yeah. off. I don't face I mean off, face <laughs> off, Nicholas Cage, face <laughs> off. But you know what I think is is fantastic is like so now, like you have this whole, but and both of you guys do, but like so, but you specifically, Mikey, like, like you have this like this new perspective on things. You know, it's like some of the things that like I do knowing that like I'm in a, you know, a relationship where like I have a dog, but like, it's, you know, dogs on a kid, but like now everything that you do, both of you guys do, you probably think first, like, okay, well, how does this affect my child? So like, what does that mindset immediately just drop in? Or is it something that you've got to kind of like sort of start learning? You know, or does it like just instinctively like kick in where all of a sudden you're like, like, okay, I have a kid and like, you know, I see that shiny thing, but I know that like, I can't get this shiny thing. You know, like, do you, you got kind of what I'm saying? Like how, sure, how, sure. how does that change for you? I think once you like, once you actually see your child, the, the feeling you get, that's kind of that instinct that takes over immediately. And it's like, 
nothing in the world will come before this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, and then at that point it's, it's basically game over as far as I is like, that's how my experience was. Is like, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, Oh, it's game over. <laughs> whatever, whatever she yeah. needs, you know? Uh, I feel like that, that's probably how it is for a lot of dads. Like you can't really explain that feeling until it happens. And then you're, mm-hmm. then it all kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like I, I went in thinking like, Oh, I would, I wasn't going to be like the dad that cries of happiness because I, I've never cried like of happiness and it yeah. just like happened. And it was just like such a weird feeling. Cause I was like smiling and like, so ha- like the happiest day of my life, but then yeah, crying tears. It was just like, I never felt that emotion before. Not even like when I got married, like I, I was extremely happy when I got married and like all my friends and family were there, but I still didn't cry that day. But then like <laughs> once the doctor handed me the baby, I was just like done. This is like, yeah, <laughs> had no control. It's weird. It's kind of like a, like a new, like a new view is born almost like yeah. almost good. Like this kind of like new rejuvenation. And it's weird. I can't even explain it. It's very hippy dippy shit. <laughs> people people are like, like, wait, the aura just changes, man. Like, <laughs> what podcast am I listening to right now? Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. this the view of dads now? <laughs> is this the talk? Yeah, seriously. But we do talk hockey, and Bryce is a hockey fan, and we've uh, it's about, it's about to be face off time, boys. Yeah. Well, I'm, I got I was it on just my like, other TV, and we don't usually talk about the games that like while we're recording happening. But Tom, did you check to see what happened in the third period? Like the Islanders went off and scored goals, 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 five, deals, deals, deals. five goals, goals, goals in goals. the third period. Kind of crazy. And you know what? I, I think the Islanders needed that, you know, they really did. And especially against a team like the Bruins who are, who are really a powerhouse of a team. I mean, like the Islanders really needed a game where they just scored because that's something that the team really isn't, isn't they're not known as scorers, you know, they're not known as like, you know, being offensive powerhouses. So well, great we're, that we're they also did. not known to beat the Bruins, but something has changed this, this season. And Can't beat the pens I, though. I, I don't know what's going on there. I'm sure our boys <laughs> in the Seltzer time podcast are not appreciating <laughs> the fact that the Islanders is just, they're, they're probably, them. they're probably just ripping like Topo Chico's just like angrily, like bro. <laughs> homies probably those, drank dude. like, like 10 of them right now. He's probably just got <laughs> seltzer gut. He's probably burping <laughs> everywhere. And he's just like, goddamn Bruins. Goddamn Mikey. Goddamn <laughs> Islanders. Love it. I should really actually just say, can I, can I try I'll try to do it. Ready? No. Can I do it? I can't really do a Boston accent. I'm going to try though. So he's probably like, Hey, goddamn. Nope. Sorry. can't do it. <laughs> Fucking nice. Islanders, man. See, that's a little bit better than I was going to do. Yeah. yeah you got to go to, go to Duncan, Duncan, get a Duncan cold brew, man. Yeah, get you, get you Duncan Colbrew, get you Seltzers here. Seltzers here. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking Chara. <laughs> fucking David Pasternak. Chara doesn't even play for the Bruins. I know. He doesn't, he doesn't. Tom doesn't He's know. It. Tom just, we, we were recording with know. Nate. From, Dude, yeah. I, I'm I never going to let one. you live this up. Like, no, live that, this one down. Sucked. We're, that one sucked. We're recording with Nate from Judah and the Lion, who's an Avalanche oh, fan. No, and Tom yeah. is just like reading some guy's fantasy hockey roster as being like the legit roster of the Avalanche. <laughs> oh, no. It was bad. So here's all. 
He's what like, oh, so was, how do you feel about having Holtby and, and have like <laughs> just going so, through the list of players that are not on the avalanche? So what I was doing, right, is I was I was on cap friendly and I was like looking at stuff. And I guess um, I like I somehow made it onto like it was like a cap friendly page for the Avs talking about like what their cap would be like if they had signed like all of the top free agents. And I just, I didn't, I didn't realize it. And like, I'll be honest, like I'm not super, I'm not as familiar with the teams in the West as the teams in the East. So like I'm going through it and like, I'm like, yeah. So like, you know, you, like you guys are fielding a great team, you know, like Landis Scog and all this stuff. And like, it's like, all right, he's on the right track. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah. And like, you guys got Braden Holtby and net and oh. fucking Sergey Fedorov. Oh. Like, you know, Joe Sackick and all of a sudden he's like, and he, and he's like nice enough to be like, yeah. Okay. And then like, when there was finally like a silence, I was like, and uh, before anyone gets on me about this, like I do realize that I fucked up and then like, dude, dude was just like, yeah, you did. I didn't want to say it, but you did. And, and, and I, I left I it in there and I did not chop it out or uh, anything. Look, and, and I was like, incredible as you should have, because, that. Truthfully, like when you make like an error that steep, it's got to stay in there. It's got to stay in there. But I mean, like it could be worse. Like I could have been like, could have been like, so like Bryce, like, you know, you've, uh, you know, you're, you're in the spill canvas and you get to play all this great music. Like, uh, what was it like playing on like, you know, you know, learning the songs from is a real boy or like something like that. <laughs> then you would have been like, uh, it was fun, I guess. Yeah. If I can learn that shit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a bad one. That was not uh, the best one in the world, but uh, I got to say though, um, where we're at, uh, in, in the, in the season right now, um, you know, a lot of interesting things are, are happening, but I, it's a bummer that, you know, kind of COVID is rearing its ugly head all over the place. I'm and, just going to um, watch Tom go because Tom probably has no idea what team you root for. So I'm just going to let him eat his words. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, I don't, actually. He's like, wait, I know they're from South Dakota. Who the hell is this guy going to like? Like, South Dakota right, don't have a It's random eat. as hell, too. Right, it doesn't um, make wait. any sense as to why okay. I like this team. So, you are a Nashville Predators fan. <laughs> no. Far away? Yes. Am I very far very, away? Very far. Am I... Are, uh, uh, like is it way farther up north than that yes like a different country <laughs> oh bud he's an oilers fan all right oh, fan mark yeah, Messier, Wayne Gretzky. all right excellent yeah man um that's awesome though because you get to watch Connor mcdavid play and he is just and a mary fucking... lemieux and who else <laughs> <laughs> michael jordan grant fear on in that grant fear in that but dude i mean like so having like a bona fide superstar like that is like kind of something else. And I mean, as an Islander fan, you guys got that Barzell. I mean, Barzy's good, but I mean, Barzy's he's no McDavid. He's not McDavid. I don't no. think anyone's McDavid. No, I don't the think guy, so. The guy is crazy, but like, I don't know. It's, I'd say a lot of people kind of counted us out to begin the season, but I think we'll at least make the playoffs. I mean, 
at least how it's looking right now, unless we totally like shit the bed, which in Oilers fashion could most definitely happen and probably will happen. But I'm staying optimistic. We're looking pretty good. We beat some pretty tough teams. And a lot of the Canadian division kind of looks like shit right now. So, yeah, I want to I, I want to talk about that because, you know, as Tom has mentioned, we, we don't watch as many like West Coast games as as we probably should run in a hockey podcast, but we just don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, understandable. But like this all Canadian division, I really haven't been able to watch many of those games either. So like, do you feel like there's crazy bad blood brewing already? Like, obviously you guys have your rivalries with like Calgary and such, but like, is there more like, especially since now you're playing like the Maple Leafs eight times. Do you feel like there's yeah. some kind of, bad blood brewing um there's there's a little i think it's gonna take you know maybe game eight to really like or game like six i think that we play calgary like 10 times oh my god (laughs) so like it'll be you know like game seven before we're really like annoyed i think but they're definitely starting to get chippy um i don't know it's just it's a fast quick division um Toronto and and us have just been killing it. You know, Canadians are taking a dump, and uh, <laughs> Vancouver's taking a big dump, and Ottawa. Obviously, we won't even talk about Ottawa. I honestly, I, I I was thinking that Ottawa could surprise people, but I guess it's not turning out that way. Me too. No. I was like kind of hoping they would be that wild card, but. It has been very disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, was saying the same, like, the Sabres. I was like, maybe, maybe the Sabres, like, with, like, Skinner and Hall and, like, you know, all their other superstars that they have, I was like, maybe the Sabres can do it, but they're not looking so hot either. Oh, no. It's been and very the, disappointing. And, I mean, the like, the Rangers even, you know, like, I, I swore up and down. Like, you know, the Rangers, so they didn't make huge moves. They made little moves you know, here and there, but like everyone was talking about Lafreniere, like he was going to be like the, you know, like the next big thing. And, you yeah, know, he's I, right I, now. I think kinda... what we need to realize is that first year NHL players don't traditionally pop off. Like you would think, like there's a few rare exceptions, you know, the, the Crosby's the McDavid's the, you know, like, if, if you think about it, like, even, like, Stamkos, his first year wasn't, like, blowing up the league. Like, it, it takes That's time. True. And even Matt Barzell, like, think about it. Yes, he won the Calder, but he played, like, 13 games the year before and looked terrible. Like, people were, who were saying, like, oh, my God, like, this might be a bust. <laughs> like, maybe yeah. he's not as good as we, we thought he was going to be. And then it, t- it takes time. He he developed his game a little bit more in the, the West uh, – WHL and then he he's obviously our best player now so I don't think we have to worry quite yet. Yeah. I mean you're probably right but <laughs> I mean unless you go to the AHL right away like these kids are used to playing like their age group. And then That's and true. then and then you get into the show and it's like you got like fucking chara breathing up your throat bro <laughs> like i would fucking shit my pants dude so yeah. like i don't blame these kids like it's obviously going to take time for them to grow into their bodies and kind of like get used to 
the pace of the game, but yeah, it's, it's a man's game and there's a lot of young kids that come in and it's definitely not going to pan out right away. Cause yeah. it's not like just, I don't know. It's getting more towards like speed and skill, but there'll always be that need for like that physical grit for sure. For sure. And I guess before we let you go, you know, real quick, um, you know, it, we, we've had Jake on the show. Jake's a huge hockey fan. Has it come yeah. up yet that you, you know, you're also a hockey fan. He's got another <sighs> one on the label. It, uh, it is not. Um, I have not like really, we, we all kind of got on a Skype call when we, first like kind of signed the deal but i have not like really like personally reached out i know he's got a ton on his plate especially like the little bit we do talk it's all he's like really been positive about the pre the pre-sales and stuff on the album but i would definitely like to get a jersey and maybe shoot some pucks with the team asap that would be very nice but as far as uh reaching out i haven't i haven't chatted with him yet but i would like to for sure so, um, so very famously, Misery Signals put out uh, a dope Oilers shirt. Like it just—it's like literally the Oilers logo, and it just says Misery Signals. So, um, what's the chance that you know the the Spilly Boys Do a end up putting out a uh, <laughs> the Solar Bear? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because technically, yeah, right. Because I mean, well, uh, so how? Like, as far as like. Florida is concerned. How many of you guys are actually in Florida? Sure, sure. So um Nick and Evan live in Florida, but as I say that, Nick is packing to move to Los Angeles and Evan is packing to move to Austin, Texas. Wow, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> then I live in South Dakota and Landon lives in Wisconsin. So Okay. Yeah. So you guys are we're really literally all, all over the place. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's wild, but, but um yeah, you know, that would be That'd be something else if you guys did uh did some uh some some Oilers stuff. I you know I like I always say to myself like you know being like such being so into vinyl like like oh like you know it probably shouldn't be that hard to do like a like a blue and orange like and like you know white tricolor split on like a record or something and not realizing that like shit costs so much money. But I mean, but you know I mean if you guys were gonna do that I mean look. The colorways that you guys got going on for conduit are like are really super cool. Like I think what is it like a mix of like purple, yellow, and green? Most of it, right? I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I mean that's cool. You know, Mikey doesn't know about that because he sold all his records. So, you know, he's he's I a. He's I support a, bands uh, other ways. I I I like the band merch, and the 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 hoodies and and the attire side of things. And then obviously, you know, I I'm a CD buyer. I still throw, and now that I've taken over Caitlin's car, her car still has like the five disc CD changer, and our oh, car doesn't so have a CD changer, like a CD player okay. at all. So okay. I've gotten the old the old ride now, so I'm gonna be stepping up my CD game. Throw, I'm I'm gonna bring bring that back and make that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <tape>. not. <laughs> No oh, man, until they until they have cars that just have a built-in turntable that you can just s- slide your twelve-inch LP in like a fucking pizza oven, like the the here, laser you know? discs that we had when we were middle school. Oh <laughs> like yeah, pre, man. Pre uh, DVD days. Those oh. were awesome, man. All you did with those laser discs is just like 
your sixth grade science teacher just chucked them in and you just watched about like iguanas for like an hour. It was great. <laughs> they were like so loud and humongous. Like I can't believe that things like that existed, but sure as hell did. They sure as hell did. Bryce, I just I it just came to me and I was like, all right, I want to ask this question before we let him go. When I caught you guys here in North Carolina, your like bus that you had parked in the lot, it's like a vintage bus. Like, tell me about that. Because I know, like, <laughs> Me Without You, they had, a, like, a, f- a famous bus that they actually put on merch designs and shit. Like, oh, yeah. what's up with yours? I saw that bus. I saw that bus. The Me um, Without You bus, it, it, it ran, by mm-hmm. the way, real quick to interject, motherfucker ran on vegetable oil, just so you yeah. know. Yeah, it did. Stunk like fucking french fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stunk like french fries. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, I pre I previously mentioned our ma- our manager. He's kind of I would he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He does everything. He audio engineers, tour manages, and he also happens to be basically a co owner of this uh, company called UFO. And so uh, this this bus was basically an old school bus that a band uh, had built and converted into an RV. And then they basically bought that and then tore the shell or tore out the shell and then rebuilt it. So yeah, it's definitely not like anything I've ever seen. It's, it's very wild. It's, it's tight and cramped, but it's got a lot of character and yeah, I hope, I think we're going to be taking it for the most part uh, on most, on most of our tours. It's, it's fun, man. It's, I don't know, like bandwagons and stuff are cool and everything, but I don't know. There's something about just having the character of like the old school bus kind of vibe. But yeah, it's, I would say it's vintage. It's been, it's been around for, for quite a while now. Multiple bands have owned it and and now it's ours. So now do you like, do you have to have a special driver for that? Or are you guys learning how to drive school buses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have a driver. Um, yeah. So, uh, he drove, our bottle of red tour when we had a bandwagon and then like I said, our, our manager's a Swiss army knife, good buddies, good buddies with him out of nowhere. And so now he works for UFO and basically any tour we do, he drives for us. Um, So yeah, we got our own, we got a bunk on the bus for him. The only thing different between the school bus and a bandwagon is he has to sleep on the bus with us. He doesn't like get his own like separate bunk thing, but, that dude passes out so hard. It doesn't really matter if we're up during the day, like sleep so hard. Like his alarm will be going off in the morning when he's got to get up and drive us. And I'm like, well, your alarm's been going off for like 10 minutes. Come on, dude. It's so funny. But yeah, so a little character to it. I, I, I want to do some like cooler paint kind of scheme to it than just the all black. I think we're going to put a big UFO on it. Nice. But But it won't be as cool as me without use unfortunately <laughs> i mean look like try as you might but like it's just hard to be as cool as me without you um it just is i mean not everyone like has 150 songs all about different like christian allegories like just painted and decorated in different ways what a band what a band so bunch Bryce, <laughs> bunch of hippies man bunch of hippies from philadelphia one day, one day we'll tell you the the story about the first time Mikey saw me without you and was super drunk and kept yelling "Day Man" at them because they were from Philly. <laughs> nice. That's that's all he did, and that was actually the same show that uh, 
we saw KK and his Weather Underground, the homie had a tuba, right? That's correct. See, it's just all things come back to the tuba. And that's where we'll let this episode <laughs> fizzle out into the universe. Bryce, dude, it's been such a such a blast to have you on here. Um, all the best uh, for Conduit, which uh, when does it come out, Mikey? Since I don't know. So like this episode comes out Tuesday. Conduit comes out on Friday. So March 5th. Okay, yeah. so so it comes out on March 5th. Uh, make sure that uh, if you're a Spotify or Apple Music guy, you pre-save that shit. I think there's a couple of uh, copies left on the, the Pure Noise website. I think so, most of them sold out, though. I know that the variant I got is gone, so sucks to be you guys. I got it. But, slept um, on it. If you slept on it, that's your fault. But don't. you can come over to my house and listen to it. That's fine. You know, I'll give you my address. The address is suck it <laughs> in Florida. But, uh, dude... Um, it's it, it really been great to to chat with you, man. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of the band. Um, you know, I love the uh, the stuff you've done on, on the record that I listened to so far. Uh, all the grooves are great. I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. So, all the best to you and your daughter in 2021. Can't wait to uh, you know check out the live stream stuff that you're going to be doing and the inevitable record that probably comes out in 2023, I guess, or whenever you're putting it out. So, long live uh, the spill canvas. Uh, and uh, I guess all hail the heartbreakers. <laughs> Heart, heartbreakers. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. I didn't want to be the guy that said it. All hail the fartbreaker, everybody. Yo, Bryce, again, super pumped to have you, man. Thank you so much. And uh, you have a great rest of your night, all right? Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it as always. Hell yeah, man. Take care. Thanks, Bryce.
And that was that. Another episode in the books with Bryce. Hopefully we can have him on a hundred more times because that was a blast. He just uh it's just feels effortless to talk to him. Um he's got a lot of insight. Um he was able to answer all of my cool, quirky questions and really, really enjoyed that. Um and you know, kind of thinking about the spill canvas and having listened to them uh, you know, a little bit over the um you know, over the past little amount of time, uh, I came to a realization that um now you're you're saying past little bit of time, like time we've been no, listening no, to this no. band since two thousand three. No, but I mean, like I've been listening to them, like you know, in anticipation of our oh, episodes. Okay. So I've just been kind of jamming them a little bit more. But I came to this realization that it kind of pains me to say, but um, sunsets and car crashes just um doesn't hit me the way that um their next record did uh today and that's not to say that sunsets is is a bad album because it's not it's it's still a a great album but uh just the depth and development uh you know that the spill canvas really had over just that one record cycle is kind of astounding to me i mean like yeah but i think at the same time sunsets will always be a special record to me because it does have two of my favorite spill canvas songs on it Mm -hmm. you know is there a more quintessential like emo breakup song from 2001 to 2005 than all hail the heartbreaker no you're right there's there's not and i mean there isn't it's it's definitely an iconic song and then like the tide the the tide is also that that's that's like the first time that i knew that like songs could tell stories like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very um it's like an old it's almost like an emo version of like an old folk song that's just telling the whole story. You know? Yeah. I think that's super cool. But um for me, like just one fell swoop, man. I mean like that it, that record just it needs a vinyl release. It's just the way that it's recorded, the songs on it, the capabilities, the the way the songs are written. I mean, it's just like so good polygraph right now and Dutch courage and teleport AB and staple gun. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, you know, really just like a, an album that broke the mold of like, cause you know, at two, like two, I think that record came on 2005, I think. Right. Or something. So, yeah, like you know, 2004, 2005. Uh, and a lot, just a lot of cool music was coming out at that, time but a lot of music was a little you know a little cookie cutter it was kind of very much the same and the spill canvas come along and put their own you know like their real flair onto this music you know between nick's voice and you know the way that they were you know writing guitar parts and stuff like that just like was like had this bouncy poppiness to it but at the same time was really rooted in uh you know that kind of indie emo early 2000s stuff so kudos kudos nick kudos spill canvas kudos to you guys but um for sure. You know, uh and real quick before we 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 jump out of this, since we talked about it in the interview, let's just get uh a quick 60 seconds 60 I'll call I'm gonna call this a quick 60 seconds of Mikey's conscious brain and I'm going to ask you what funny things your daughter did today. Um I don't know if I have 
60 seconds of funny things, but dude, she's been having like crazy blowouts. And oh, yeah? Are you even aware of what a blowout is, Tom? I, a blowout is when like you poop out of your diaper, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So she pretty much has a blowout every single day at daycare, but at home oh, she doesn't really have one. And we were just sitting, eating dinner, and she was like in this like little activity, like bouncer rack, uh, rocker kind of thing. Yeah. And you could just hear the blowout <laughs> happen. And she just had the this this smirk on her face, like, yep, <laughs> yep. It's it, and like I went to pick her up, and it was like up by her neck. And I'm oh like, my god! <laughs> like, how did that happen? And I always look at like her onesies and whatnot that she gets back from daycare, and there is sometimes poop all the way up to the neck. How, like, how, how does that does... even happen? But how it happened she... to us, and I was just like, all right, well now we can't talk about the daycare because there's poop everywhere my god yes yeah, so <laughs> that's what you have to look forward to if you decide to have kids just poop everywhere that that is terrifying but you know what i think this is your penance from all the fucking crazy things you did in your 20s it's just god being like you know what if you drank less keystones when he was in his 20s i would have gave him a kid that didn't poop up to her neck but sorry man <laughs> you're paying for it now every every keystone you drank every sheet pizza from portland you ate <laughs> manifesting in those dookie diapers dude it's so funny i i don't see sheet pizzas anywhere else in the world because where else would you there that's what you get at Cortland. you get a sheet pizza it's crazy <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm like thinking about it now now that i've kind of <laughs> lived in a bunch of places and traveled. I've never seen a sheet pizza anywhere else. I don't even know why they exist. It's because it was it's just an easy way to feed the maniacs at, at <laughs> Cortland. Just like, because they knew that they were like, here's what we could do. We could get a whole ass baking sheet, put some dough on this thing, some sauce, some cheese, bake it up. Might not even be fully baked all the way through. No. But they're not going to care, bro. They're not going to care. It's going to be hot as hell. It's going to burn the shit out of their mouths. But these kids just came back from beer goggles, and they need to eat something. <laughs> I so can't remember this... that that name. I dude, I, I was, was waiting ra- for you to just make up a, a, the name of a bar, and you got one. I'm impressed. I mean, I, it's 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 either beer goggles or Red Jug. I think those are the only yep. two Cortland bars that I even know about, and that they may have been the only ones. So, uh, no, there was there was way too many bars. There was like more bars than people. And so. Um, I'll do my quick little, little song and dance here. Uh, check out the hockey podcast network, check out all of the cool, uh, content creators on there, including, uh, our homies in uh, the iceberg pod. Uh, they are super into the Pittsburgh penguins and super into the Islanders, uh, currently beating them, but I shouldn't probably say that because when this episode comes out, we'll probably have lost by like eight goals somehow, but at any rate, <laughs> Um, check out the Hockey Podcast Network because we're a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and we love all the things they do and we love that they give us this platform to be super silly and uh, talk to all these cool guests. So check them out. Check out Bar Down Breakdown uh, everywhere that you like to get your podcast. So you know where to get them. You know where to find us. Check out our super cool website. You can check out 
all of our super cool stuff, including uh, only 2001 to 2005, which is our new little venture where we talk about records from only 2001 to 2005. We just did uh, What to Do When You Are Dead by Armor for Sleep. Great record. Uh, super, super cool. And um, lastly, uh, do uh, watch out, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we got some cool things coming. Uh, we just did kind of a, uh, a random little contest that we were doing with, uh, I think with coast to coast, wasn't it? They had a, uh, like yeah, one had, last, one last little one design last. that they wanted to raffle off. That's right. Very, very cool, man. So C2C hockey.net. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of bar down shirts left on there, but, uh, check out the C2C designs cause they're dope and they're on really soft shirts and they're awesome. Super awesome. And, um, you know, it's just all good things. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out. We've got some cool guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Can't wait to share them with you. And don't forget to go listen to Conduit by The Spill Canvas, which is coming out uh, when this episode drops this Friday. Um, go ahead. And if you haven't uh, bought a physical copy and you'd like to do so, you definitely should. And, uh, oh, yeah, one last thing. Very important. Can't believe I, I didn't didn't mention this, but now I'm going to mention it. So. Um, Back on Long Island, one of Mikey and I's favorite venues, Amityville Music Hall, which has a lot of history, um, especially for us. I can't tell you how many shows I've played and seen there. Uh, but, uh, you know, like a lot of venues in the country, they've fallen on hard times because you can't really have shows right now. And these little venues, that's what they do to, to keep the lights on. And that's what they do to stay alive. So um, the good homies at Long Island Emo, uh, John Argandiza and uh, a couple of uh, awesome dudes over there have cultivated uh, volume one. And uh, I hear there's going to be a volume two soon, but volume one of the, um, of uh, the comp to benefit AMH. It has a bunch of awesome artists and covers on it. Um, they also released a, a shirt as well that I bought one of super cool shirt uh, with the AMH logo on it and uh, some cool graphic on the backhand side for 20 bucks. But if you can uh, go to longislandemo.bandcamp.com Go ahead and, um, you know, make any donation that you can. Uh, go ahead and get that comp. It's got such great music on it. And you'll be, uh, you know, benefiting, a, you know, a local venue or well, local for Long Island if you're from Long Island. But, you know, the one that pulls the heartstrings for us um, and, uh, you know, helping them stay alive. Uh, you know, Amityville Music Hall, like I said, is a staple for Long Island music. It's been for a long time. But go check out the comp even just to get some ears on it, man. Uh, our homie. Brian Byrne has this great track on it. Uh, Matt Fozzie and Rare Futures did a really awesome cover of Overdue by the Get Up Kids, which I absolutely love. Um, Keep Flying has a great track on it as well. Um, great new band off of Long Island called Sweet Avenue covered uh, our homies and the Juliana Threes were at the top of the world. Super great cover. Uh, our, you know, my, my good buddy, homie from Oso Oso, covers a Beatles song. Um, just jump on there, man, and, and check it out, you know, and if you have uh, a little bit of scroll that you can donate to the cause, please do. Uh, we'd, we'd appreciate it as would, uh, our, our friends over at AMH. So that is the last thing I have to say to you. So again, Long Island emo, uh, .bandcamp.com. You can find the, um, compilation there, go download it, uh, give a little donation. If you can listen to some great music, enjoy your night, you know? So on that note, Mikey, all right, Tom. It's been real. Peace be with you. Also with you.
He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast, the old Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, Who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. 